Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we feature interviews with the smartest folks in mobile and growth who share invaluable, actionable, tactical insights on every aspect of mobile growth and marketing, not to mention some adjacent areas just as well. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, CEO of the mobile growth marketing firm Rocketship HQ and produced by Karishma Sundaram, our superstar content marketing manager at Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Our guest today is Javian Hong. Javian had strategic partnerships at Miniclip. Over the last few years, JVN has developed deep partnerships with the App Store and the Google Play Store to promote Miniclip's games. These partnerships obviously were not formed overnight, but took time, effort, and patience. While initially, JVN and her team had to work hard to find their footing with the big platforms, her effort and persistence eventually paid off. Today, JVN is a mentor on a program that the Play Store has in place to support indie studios. JVN also co-founded Game Changes, a monthly webinar series that features exceptional women in the gaming industry that revolves around leadership, game design, marketing, and much more. In today's episode, JVN recalls the initial years of her partnership with both the App Store and the Google Play Store and shares some strategies for game developers to build these critical relationships with the big platforms and talks about the kinds of growth that these partnerships can engender above and beyond just featuring and being sources of installs. I'm very excited to welcome JVN Hong to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. JVN, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. So glad to be here today. Thank you for having me, Shaman. What a great pleasure to be alongside all the other speakers you have already in the podcast. Certainly, very honored to have you, of course. We connected about a year and a half ago, project that you run, and we'll have you tell folks about that. But today, we're going to talk about something that a lot of folks are curious about, but there seems to be a little bit of a curtain behind this, as to, which is basically maintaining relationships with the big platforms, Apple and Google, which is something you've worked on for a long time, which I think you have very unique expertise on. To start at the beginning, how did you start to develop relationships with the platform? Obviously, everyone starts somewhere, but what would you say was a threshold after which you were able to start working very closely with the platforms and they started to be much more receptive to your communications? Because I imagine that's not always easy in the very beginning. Um, so perhaps I can provide some context before I jumped in so, so people understand where this is all coming from. So I have been in Miniclip for the last seven and a half years. And I would say my working relationship with the stores, primarily App Store and Google Play, really started probably in end 2016, in 2017, where we started to build better relationships in all ways, shape and form. Yeah. And of course, as Shaman mentioned for some folks, it could be like a black box. And certainly it was as well for us in the beginning. And like many others, it wasn't easy for, I guess, any developers to try and, again, touch with people. And this happens across the board, not because it's a black box for the platforms, but I think one thing that many people may not be aware of was 
as much as the mobile games industry is big today, back in the day, it was still relatively small. So the number of editors, the number of business managers in the store is also very small. So I've also heard stories about how one manager has to manage over 30, 50 companies. And actually, if, if that's the case, each of us get a very small slice of, of the person's time. So it's just a matter of time when things change and things expanded where they obviously started hiring more. We started to get better at what we do. And there are more collaborations beyond what I normally say featuring requests. And that sort of changes things in ways in which we work together. For us in particular, we don't see either stores or any of the platforms that we work with just simply as a user acquisition channel. We see them as a platform where we are able to get in touch with our users most directly from these platforms. So in many work that we do with them, it's beyond just requesting for featuring, just trying to get organic users but a lot more deeper partnerships than that. I like to think that it's a, it's a two-way partnerships with both of them, rather than seeing them as a user acquisition channel, if that makes sense. And was there a certain number of downloads, a certain number of games at which it started to change the dynamic or the relationship with the stores when they started to be more receptive to you? Yeah, I guess with anything, scale is always good for the business if you reach a certain scale. Now, that's not to say that you know, if you're smaller independent studios, you get less attention from the stores. I beg to defer because I see that the stores are now doing a lot more activities and a lot more events and details for indie developers as well, which may have less of a scale. You know, Google Play has a lot of indie mentorship programs and a number of different programs that are catered for smaller sized developers as well as the programs for larger scale developers like ourselves in hope to try and cater to more of them. But in our case, obviously, Minicrib didn't start off from just mobile. We, we had our web business since 20 years ago. And when we moved to mobile, we obviously had a leverage where we were able to grow our own mobile in a much faster way. And so that scale certainly helped us to get in touch with them as well to share what we do. We also do a lot more new games back in the day as well. So those scale of number of games, the users that we have, have helped, I guess. Certainly, right? And I think scale is a big factor. What you do is interface with your group studios and you maintain the games relationships with Apple and Google for your the individual group studios. So when you're pitching to Apple and Google, when you're communicating with them, what are some of the criteria based on which you're saying, hey, Apple, hey, Google, you should hear about this particular game or this particular feature or this particular live ops event? What are some of the criteria you are typically looking at before you go to Apple and Google? I would see if, if the update itself is fun and relevant for the players. And I think ultimately what the stores are looking for is, is this new update exciting, not for them, but more for the players. You know, will players be interested in downloading the game if they see that these are promoted because it's exciting? So that's the most important criteria that we look at. And as games have also moved a lot into research, testing, and all of those things, we normally also look at the KPIs of the events or the updates that we have, potentially. Does that help to move the needle? How are players reacting to it in the testing phase to kind of prove the point that, hey, this is something that players really enjoy. And so the store should also look at these updates and, and help to support it as well. I'm also curious when you're talking to the platforms, 
you could pitch them based on stories you know there are features that make for great stories there are in-app events that make for great stories maybe because they're tied into something that's happening in the wider world and you could pitch them based on metrics or something you see very very strong engagement in the app so what do you find more impactful stories or metrics or does it not matter i would say a combination of both we've always been running on live ops because a lot of our games are sports games and so naturally there are live events that are constantly happening in the background that we could certainly leverage but equally at the same time just because you have you know a christmas update doesn't mean you're the only person doing a christmas update right everyone else is doing a christmas update so what makes your christmas update more unique and more special than somebody else's and and this is where i guess the usp stands out whether it's more attractive to your players in that it engages your users more I think that in itself is a story of its own as well. If you release this new feature and you see that 30% more of your players are engaging with the feature, could perhaps be that it's Christmas time, or it could be that the feature itself is very strong. So I would say it's a combination of both. Obviously, getting new games featured and getting them featured in love is certainly an important part of what you do. What does the preparation process for a new game look like? How long before the game is out? Do you start communicating with Apple and Google? And what does the communication look like in the lead up to the launch? I think these days, again, with the, with the help of data, everyone soft launches again. And so it's, it's not like a hush-hush like it used to be before and then, you know, yeah. before you just show up with a, with a new game, right? These days, I think most companies would at least do, you know, at least a, a one to three months soft launch where people could pick up and say oh so and so is starting a new game and so from our side we we're no different to that we do soft launches as well sometimes the stores pick up already and say oh hey you you're soft launching this new game i see tell us more about it sometimes we go even before soft launch and say hey we're soft launching this new game that we think could be really exciting here is the the bill tell us what you think and things like that so it could go either way but normally I like to prep earlier because it's better for us and for them in that mm-hmm. it, it helps us to better align our target launch dates, what we're trying to achieve, which countries we want to focus on. Now, obviously, launch dates could change as well. You know, nothing is carved in stone un- until it's, it's ready to go out. But I guess I'm cautioned there. But you don't want to plan too early in advance because you don't want to say, hey, sorry, I have these changes that I can't launch in time now, and then there will be another nightmare. So I think it's a, it's a balance between doing that and also being aware of when could be a suitable time. From our end, we, we try and do it as, as early as we can. One to three months, uh, it depends on the game. Sure. So you want to launch early enough that the platforms have a heads up, but also so that you give them enough of a concrete timeline on when this is going to happen so they can plan accordingly, right? Because they have a calendar. You, they can put it into their calendars as well. My biggest nightmare would be apologizing to people and say, oh, sorry, sorry, no, this launch can't happen this Friday because, you know, yeah. nothing's yeah. going to happen, right? <laughs> that, that, that would be my biggest yeah. nightmare. Yeah, there's 50 people plan, who have planned that launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of featuring, right? The rankings are not as prominent or powerful as they used to be. I mean, I know of times when being featured would give you 100 to 500,000 installs a day. Mm -hmm. That's just not happening now with the way 
uh, App Store has been redesigned in the last couple of years. So how valuable do you find featuring today for a new game that's launching? For Miniclip, we still are seeing most of our players coming in organically. Mm -hmm. So it's still a very important channel for us. I, I've heard the sentiment that, you know, people say featuring is less impactful than what it was before. But as I've mentioned, there are two reasons, right? One is we still get a lot of our users organically. So any featuring that we get helps to boost these organic downloads. So it remains a very important channel for us. And two, we don't see the platforms as just an install generating channel for us, right? It, I think our relationship goes beyond that. So... Mm -hmm. While the immediate impact of featuring may not be as good as it was because, you know, now we have more competitors. Now people find out about games in many other channels. They could go to YouTube, they, they see ads. Whereas before, it wasn't as sophisticated. So I wonder if all these other channels plus featuring um, is the reason why featuring is less impactful, not just because changes and things like that. But people discover yeah. games in different ways now. Sure, sure. And I know you've said more than once today that a lot of your work goes beyond just treating the platform as a source of installs, as just a source of featuring. And you said, look, you believe in truly partnering with the platform. Are there examples that you can think of or share about how you worked with or partnered with the platform in a way that wasn't just restricted to featuring? Yes. Google Play, for example, we really started working with in I would say 2017. Now it's easy for people to say India is one of the biggest gaming markets in the world. But back in 2017, we were one of the first pioneers who identified that India was one of the countries that we really want to focus on. And when I say we really want to focus on means we're already planning for games exclusively for Indian players, content for Indian players, pricing mm -hmm. targeting Indian players, as well as new content, new mode for Indian players. Now, at the time when we first started doing this, I think it was also at the time where Google Play noticed that India was becoming one of their biggest markets. And so there was a lot of conversations and opportunities for us to start working together to explore and expand India as a new territory. And, you know, this obviously goes beyond featuring because there's a lot of experiments that we ran, whether it's around pricing, whether it's around new modes, content, players' behavior, which we then share with this, with Play. And equally, they also do their own research, right? Like payment channels, availability mm -hmm. in India, offline marketing, which we would never have done ourselves. So partnerships with influencers and things like that, which we haven't thought about ourselves, they provide those right. kind of support. So these projects then grow from strength to strength because yeah. all of these experiments take time, as, as you can imagine. And there's a lot of tweaks that go into what's the best pricing, how do people do things. And I guess that really opens up the conversation for a lot more deeper integration. Because what better tool can you use to run experiments than Able Pool, which have millions of players in India alone? Yeah, right. In 2017, and I would argue for many game developers today, India isn't necessarily considered a huge market. So it sounds like working with Google just opened up this what looked like a completely untapped market for you guys and which i imagine can be huge just given the population size it's crazy and i don't think a lot of people would expect that to come out of a partnership with a platform but clearly you guys made that work that's impressive india is one territory as well 
we were able to replicate this across multiple different territories like Brazil, wow. MENA with both Apple and, and Google Play, all of these expansions, which is why I said these partnerships are, are very important for us because there are yeah. things and data that obviously we don't have access to where they, yeah. they are able to tell us and, and guide us as to, you know, here are the things that you could do better in these markets to sell this better. And I think those information are very valuable to us as well. Yeah, it's not just, hey, open all of this in India, but it's also like, look, if you succeed in India, the same playbook can work in Brazil, same playbook can work in other geos, right? So that's a virtuous cycle that starts to build up. Correct. And also featuring gets you one wave of players, right? But I think yeah. what's more important is how do you retain those players right. after they're, they're, they're brought into, right? Yeah. You can have, you know, featuring and get a million downloads, but what happens if nobody stays in the game after they sure. come? I think sure. those those information, how to get better in, in long-term retention, monetization are also valuable insights that we get from them as well. Yeah. And Google, I know, certainly has much more of a focus on retention and engagement. More so, at least it's my understanding that Google has more of a focus than Apple. So certainly if they are helping you tap certain geos, they're doing it with an eye on retention and engagement, not just installs and downloads and visibility. So I think that makes a lot of sense too. I know you said, look, it's not necessarily just dependent on scale, these relationships, right? So when app developers are pitching the platforms, either for featuring or for partnerships, what are some of the common mistakes that app developers make? And these could be your internal studios or other developers that you have seen trying to pitch. I would say probably not highlighting what's so special about the game. I think as developers, we all think what we make is the best, right? Like yeah. I bet, so I always think my kick is the best. And I think by not telling them what is so special or unique um, about your game probably puts you at the back. Really what people want to find out is what's so special about your game that players will want to download and try it, right? So I would say try and share more about what makes your game so unique. Why does it stand out? Maybe the graphic is really amazing. Maybe your, your players have already given you really positive feedback about it. Maybe you're seeing it from your data. Or maybe it's a hunch. I, I don't know. There must, be, yeah, yeah. there must be some reasons why you believe this particular game or update is better than the rest, right? Yeah. And... Speaking of developers, right? So certainly indie developers are like a group of people that want to continue to develop stronger relationships with platforms. What is some advice you would give to indie developers that don't have massive scale or multiple games in their studio? What is some of the advice that you would give for them to start cultivating relationships with Apple and Google? So pre-COVID days, we actually met some of our best contacts through conferences. It was really random, but we bump into people who introduce us to people and, and make connections. And, and so I would say networking in the industry certainly doesn't harm anybody. Um, no <laughs> friends who can make introductions, that's certainly good. I think specifically for indie developers, as I've mentioned earlier, I think the App Store and Google Play are now putting a lot more emphasis in trying to support these developers. I'm fortunate enough to participate in one of the mentorship programs that Google Play is running now, where there's a lot of uh, insight sharing and networking opportunities that they're providing to indie developers. Mm -hmm. And App Store, on the other hand, as, as far as I understand, is, is opening up, right? Before people used to think they are a black box that nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. 
But I think they're also opening up to become more interested in learning about developers, what we do, how they can better support us. So I think it's, it's much easier today than it was to try yeah. to learn about them. Um, LinkedIn is always a good place to start if you don't have any contacts in the industry so far. I do know folks, indie developers who have done cold outreach on LinkedIn and gotten responses. Again, I don't have first-hand experience, uh, but certainly I know it's possible. It's hard, uh, at least that's been my impression, just from talking to a lot of people, but certainly it is a process. Yes, I, I think the, the beginning is always hard for, for everyone because also it depends on what you say, right? When you cold call and reach out, and do you explain who you are? Do you yeah. share so exciting about your games? Do you tell people why they should pay attention on you? Right, and that initial message is critical, and you pointed out some of the elements that do need to be there. Right, and I think you also alluded to the fact that in the beginning it was not as easy for you guys. You, it was a process for you guys to work your way up a lot of these relationships as well. Chavian, this has been incredibly instructive. You pulled back the curtain on an area that I think a lot of folks are very curious about, but isn't talked a lot about. So thank you for sharing a lot of this with us today. This is perhaps a good place for us to wrap, but before we do that, could you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do? I should add that the folks that we work with at, at Apple and Google, Andres, Francesco, Tamsin, and a few others, they're all really, really nice people. And I think you just need to get to know them and yeah, to open yeah. up a little bit. I think I've never at least met anyone who's mean in, in those app stores. But I do certainly sympathize them because I was always told they have to manage quite a bit of uh, companies on their plates. So we have to do our part to help them as well. And please feel free to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn sure. to get in touch, to connect, to have a chat about all these industry stuff. We'd, we'd love to hear more about how others experience things as well. Excellent. Thank you. And would you like to tell folks about the project that we briefly alluded to earlier? Oh, yes. Uh, I should say the, the reason why um, Shaman and I managed to connect was because he was very generous in, in his time, sharing a lot about starting a podcast, interviewing people when I first started Game Changers with Kat, Kat Chu, my partner. So Game Changers is a monthly webinar or try web, webinar that features amazing women leaders in games. So we do regular interviews and panel chats with women leaders of various different backgrounds in the games industries and speak with them and to learn more about their journeys in the games industry as well. So hope to catch people on Game Changers. Uh, also, we're available Excellent. on LinkedIn. Excellent. And we will certainly link to Game Changers and uh, everything you do, Javian. But for now, thank you for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. It's an honor having you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.